Week 13, Free NFL Bets. My name is Eric, your host. Really excited, as always, to get the weekly podcast in tonight. Guys, if you've been following me all year, I've been very transparent. I've been telling you when I've been winning. I've been telling you when I've been losing. Last week, friends, was amazing. Okay, not Thanksgiving, but Sunday was amazing. The new strategy that I have deployed went 10-2 and two on Sunday. Do a quick, quick recap, not to toot my own horn too much. The first play was a, t- a two-unit play, Tampa Bay money line. Then I did a two-team teaser for 1.5 units, Bill's money line, Pat's money line. Then I did a three-leg parlay, 1.5 units, Green Bay plus 10.5, Tampa Indy over 41 total, Minnesota San Francisco over 39.5. That hit as well. And then I had eight spread picks just straight up against the spread. I had the Falcons money line, Packers minus one, 49ers minus three. All three of those cashed. I had the Steelers plus three and a half. That did not cash. They got steamed over by the Bengals. Then I had the Dolphins money line, Broncos plus three, Giants plus four. All three of those underdogs won outright. Then I had the Texans minus two and a half, which lost, and the Ravens minus three. So really great week, and I'm not surprised because the new strategy that I have deployed is working just as I knew it would. And this is my new strategy for all those listening for the first week. Um, if you listened last week, then you know what my new strategy is, but I'll briefly touch on it. <clears throat> it is this, guys. Now, I don't know why no one else has figured this out or no one else talks about this more. But 80 to, I think it's 82 out of, sorry, let me say this again. 82% to 85% of teams that win outright since 2001, okay? So 82% of the time that a team wins an NFL game since 2001 they cover the spread. That is an insane percentage, okay? So 82 to 85% of the time since 2001, if that team wins the football game, they win and cover the spread. Now, what does that mean? Let's break that down just a little bit further, okay? So I know some people's minds might be running with this. That means... That 20%, roughly around 20%, maybe 15% of the favorites who win, they don't cover. Because think about it. Um, since the NFL, so sorry, sorry, let me, let me throw another stat, uh, stat out there for, uh, for, for everybody. Favorites cover the spread, I think it's like 49% of the time in the last 10 years. Okay, so we know that, right? So it's it's really 50-50. The books are doing a, a great job managing risk and making sure underdogs don't cover more than favorites and 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 reverse and conversely. So with that said, we know that the 15 to 20 percent of the time of the teams that win and don't cover, they have to be favorites because if the underdogs are winning, then they're covering. Yeah, so it's that plain and simple. So that means each and every week, 15 the 20% of the favorites who win will not cover, okay? So with that knowledge in our back pocket, 
we have a great arsenal to make informed decisions based off of the teams that we think are going to win that week. And that is my new strategy. And that is what I did last week. So I went through I on my Yahoo Fantasy app, for those of you who play fantasy football, on the home page, you can pick every single winner every single week. And Yahoo keeps track of your record the entire year. I've been doing this for like five years, guys. I'm telling you, I mean, I've I've checked it. At the end of each season, I'm like, dang, I'm like 68%. I'm like 66 67%, somewhere around there. Okay, so I, I pick these games at a very high percentage. And even in college when I was doing it with my friends, I picked winners at a very insane rate. I was always top three, top two out of like the pool of 30 people that we were doing it with. So I think I have, it's not I think, I know I have a knack for this thing, for picking winners. Just teams that I think are just going to win the game. Okay, so sorry uh, if this is your first time listening and you've listened five minutes in already. Thank you so much. I promise, I promise I'm getting to my week 13 picks very shortly. Let me just finish with this. So my new strategy is this, guys. I first go through the week to see, hey, do I think that these teams are going to win? And then if I feel very strongly that these teams are going to win, most likely I'm just going to pick them uh, on the spread straight up. I'm just going to pick them to cover the spread. Unless I feel that I like them so much to win that I can put them in with a teaser with another team. Okay, so the minus six, minus seven and a half, minus eight uh, spreads. If I feel like I can find another team that I feel is just going to win for sure, then I'm just going to pair them together. It'll probably be a two-unit bet. Now... I've broken this down even further this year, this season. I've tracked all of the spreads minus three and a half and under. So minus three and a half to minus three, minus two, minus one, and pick them. I am 59% in picking winners in those games. I've tracked my entire 12 weeks, 13 weeks of data. It might even be more since last week because I just crushed last week with those uh, spread picks. So with that said... I am just going to play them straight up, guys, just even if I don't have a good hunch, because I know it's just going to shake out, and I'm probably going to be 56, 55% at worst with those games, because I, I just know. So like last week, uh, per example, I didn't feel great about Denver, okay? I really didn't, but I felt like they were going to win. I just had a hunch about it, and it just felt like it was their spot. I can't really make any you know better you know, handicapping advice than that. Just situationally, I know I have a knack for this stuff. I just had a hunch that, hey, that was a Bronco spot. Same with the Giants. I just had a hunch that that was a Giants spot. So with that said, I just, I had to play him and it cashed. So, and, and same with the Dolphins. I just, I like the Dolphins more than the Panthers last week. And I'm telling you guys, I just, I kind of have a knack at this. I just do. I played Division One football. I played with NFL draft pick players, Okay, I was an all-conference NFL, I mean, not an all-conference NFL, all-conference Division One linebacker. I know football. I've been playing it for, I played it for like 16, 17 years. And also, I've been watching the NFL religiously on Sunday since I was probably 10 years old. So that's, you know, 20 years worth of that experience. So with that said, sorry, I've kind of gone off on a tangent here of my new strategy. Because, guys, I'm just excited. I'm so excited about this strategy um, that I just think more people need to know about it because I think it can help you. 
if you think a team's going to win and they're a favorite, then you have probably around a, I don't know, because there's probably going to be half the favorites that win that week. So let's just say eight. So out of those eight favorites, um, maybe it's a little bit more. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm, I'd have to think about more of this. Anyways, it's they're probably going to cover at a high percentage, most likely. Um, so, yeah, that's that. Okay, I digress. Let's get to the picks, guys. This is why you're here. Week 13, free NFL bets. Let me take a quick drink, and then let's get started. Five seconds, guys. Okay, thank you. Let's get to it. Pick number one is a two-team, two-unit teaser. So I love this play, guys. This is a two-unit play. It is the Minnesota Vikings on the money line coupled with the Indianapolis Colts on the money line. This one's minus 139 on DraftKings when I placed the bet on Monday. And this is the other thing. If you want the best line numbers of all my bets, follow me on Twitter at FreeNFLBets. I appreciate all the guy, all the people who followed me after my big week last week. I really appreciate the love. Um, I'm telling you guys, we're going to win money. I know we are. And... Yeah, let's just talk about this real quick. So the two-unit play, Minnesota money line, Indianapolis money line, minus 139. I don't play anything over minus 120 unless I love it. No funny business here, guys. This Indianapolis line opened at minus 7. How crazy is that? It's up to minus 10 now. That's where it should have opened. I mean, what were they thinking? My goodness. Uh, Indy's playing the Texans. The Texans head coach benched Justin Reed, their starting safety last week. Um, Tyrod Taylor has no weapons. Tyrod Taylor just isn't a great NFL quarterback in general. So they're they're a mess in Houston. They're a mess. Indy lost last week. They're in the middle of a huge playoff race with the added playoff spot. Um, I think this is the second year of it, right? Second year that there's seven teams that make the playoffs instead of six. That's adding to the fun of the end of the season in this playoff race, coupled with the first year of a 18-week season. So 17 games everybody's playing this year. They added an extra game. So add in an extra playoff spot, add in an extra game, and you have basically everybody except for two teams in each conference fighting for a playoff spot in week 13. I mean... Come on, guys. I know the players didn't like this setup, but, man, this is great TV for December football for the NFL. you got to love it. Indy's winning this game. No worries in the world on my end on this one. Minnesota. Minnesota's without Dalvin Cook. Doesn't matter. Running backs are really nothing in this league. They just, they're not. They don't determine wins or losses that often, if ever. Um... Alexander Madison will step in. He'll do fine. Um, Minnesota offense should score at will against Detroit. And DeAndre Swift's out for the Lions. So Jamal Williams uh, will play more. And um, 
yeah, guys, I mean, it's, it's the Lions. I mean, they're winless. It's the same Lions. They don't have a very good defense. Um, they do like to run the ball. So I guess let's just talk about stylistically a little bit. The Detroit Lions like to run the football. And they have a pretty good offensive line. Minnesota cannot stop the run very well. So it is a touch concerning. Just a touch. But as far as motivation, you have to remember Minnesota was lucky to beat Detroit last time out in Minnesota. They were lucky, right? They moved the ball in like 40 seconds and got in a field goal range. It was like a 53 field goal, 53-yard field goal that Joseph uh, just nailed right down the middle. Okay, Minnesota was lucky. So I don't think, you know, this isn't the team that beat the Lions last time by you know, 30 points and just going to walk in there and take them for granted and get down in the first half. I mean, they still could, but bottom line is I like Minnesota to pull this win out somehow, some way. It might not be pretty, but they're going to pull it out. And, yeah, they're in the middle of a playoff race, just like Indy, guys. They're in the middle of a playoff race. Catch these two teams, two-team teaser, minus 139. I'd play it up to minus 150, maybe even minus 160. I think it cashes that high of a percentage. Next play, two-unit play again. So I have two two-unit plays on the week. This is the second two-unit play. It is a three-leg parlay. It is Tampa Bay minus two with Kansas City minus two with the Los Angeles Rams minus two. And that is minus 120 on DraftKings. I don't think it's... Minus 120 anymore. It's probably ballooned up to minus 125, maybe minus 130. I haven't checked. I would probably play it to minus 130. Ah, maybe even minus 140. I'd probably play it to minus 140 for one unit. And let me let me tell you why I'm taking minus two. The reason I'm taking the minus two on all three of these instead of the money line is, one, I don't want to drink the juice. Uh, if I can place bets at minus 120, or under on my parlays and teasers, then that's what I want to do. And I mean, ideally, minus 110 on everything or better. But, you know, minus 120, I'll, I'll take that. So that's that's number uh, that's number one reason why I don't take these teams on the money line. Okay. The second reason is I used to think two and a half was just, you know, clear cut, no worries, no, no games land on two. But since they changed that stupid extra point, I actually like it. But in terms of betting, it drives me crazy sometimes. Moving that extra point back and teams missing the extra point has just caused a lot of wacky scores, guys. And just a lot more teams going for two. And just a bunch of just crazy stuff happens. It's just really annoying to try to handicap that and bet that and understand. Ah, it's just so frustrating. So I took that out of the equation, and you have to check your book, your sports book that you're betting on. If the game lands minus two, so say a team comes back, say you know the Jaguars come back against the Rams, and they're down two, and they go for a two-point conversion, don't get it, and the Rams win by two, and Kansas City wins by three, and Tampa Bay wins by three, then they'll pay out a percentage of a winning bet to you. So I know Bet Rivers does this. Um, you know, if half of your leg pushes, they'll still pay you for the other two winners. So check your books and see if they do that. Um, because, guys, not very many times does, does a game land on one. 
where the team wins by one. You know, if if weirder things have happened, like essentially minus two is just the team's just got to win. Essentially, I mean, sometimes the game lands on one, but it's very very rarely. So that's why I take it. Minus two is a pretty safe bet where it's essentially just the money line for all those three teams at better odds. So I love it. I've, I've been doing this for a while, and it's worked out great for me. So those are the two two-unit plays. I mean, I'll touch on real quick, guys. I mean, nothing really crazy to talk about. I mean, it's just it's really chalky. Tampa Bay is going to beat Atlanta at Atlanta. Atlanta just doesn't have enough talent to keep up with Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is in the middle of a seeding battle they could be the first overall seed and they also want to win the the nfc south not that anybody's pushing them but um they still need to do it i mean there's six weeks left so you know find out a way to get it done they'll get it done tom brady they're not going to lose that game kansas city off a bye week or should i say andy Reid off a bye week andy Reid off a bye week i heard during uh the week one of the betting shows I listened to that I think he's like 29 and 11 against the spread when he's coming or maybe 21 and 11 uh, coming off a buy against the spread. So he's like 67% or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean, he's great. If you've been betting football for a while, now you know that Andy Reid wins straight up. I mean, I think he's won straight up like 90% of the time coming off of a buy. Now, usually teams coming off of a buy is a negative thing, right? They come off slow, There's and there's stats on this. I'm not just saying this. There's stats on this. Teams are usually don't cover the spreads when they come off of buys. But for some reason, Andy Reid's teams, I don't know if Andy Reid just has more time to see what's going wrong with his offense, or I, I don't know what it is. But they come out, they win games, and they cover the spread. I like Kansas City to do that. Um, Denver has some offensive line health issues, and... I mean, it's just Kansas City at home, guys. I mean, Kansas City's in the middle of a divisional race right now. Week 13, can you believe it? And Kansas City is has not locked it up yet. So Kansas City, on Sunday Night Football, by the way, they will be ready to roll. Okay, last one. Los Angeles Rams. They didn't win a single game in November. They're at home. They're playing the Jaguars. If I lose my money on this one, guys, I mean, they can have it. The sports books can have it, okay? If the Jaguars go into L.A. against the Rams, who are desperate, desperately needing a win, and they beat them, I mean, fine. Okay, you know what? That's a part of gambling. You can have my money on that point. So, yeah, I love those two two-unit plays, guys. I think those are cash and no problem. Next play. And I have one, two, three, four, five left. Five plays left. And I'll and then at, at the end of these five plays, and these are all one unit plays, I'll talk about what I like for the rest of the week. And I'll probably have some player props and also um, the rest of my plays that I'm eyeing for the rest of the week. So let's get to these next five plays. The next play is a two-team teaser. It's Philadelphia minus one plus Arizona minus one and a half. This is minus 116 on DraftKings. Did you know? Interesting fact of the week. I have two interesting facts of the week for you. The first is, this stat will probably blow your mind. The Philadelphia Eagles lead the NFL in rushing yards per game at 158 yards per game. They do not have a 
single 100-yard rushing performance from a single player in a game this year. So they don't even have a 100-yard rusher in a game this season. And they are the best NFL run offense. That is crazy. The other crazy stat of the week for Philadelphia, they are 11-0 lifetime against the Jets. They have never lost to the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. goes back to the 60s or 70s. So that's interesting. Very interesting. So that's the first part of the leg. Philadelphia minus one, and then plus Arizona minus one and a half. So let's let's touch on the Eagles. So Jalen Hurts landed himself on the uh, injury report today. It's a little concerning, but they have Gardner Minshew as their backup. So if, you know, for some reason Jalen Hurts can't, he can't play, I kind of like Gardner Minshew. I definitely like him more than Zach Wilson right now. Zach Wilson, the Jets won that game last week, not because of Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson did not play well at all. They won that game because they played the Texans. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson's stats were not good. His first game back. So, I mean, he's just a rookie. He's a rookie, guys. It's like his seventh, eighth game he's playing. And, I mean, he's just, he's got a lot of learning to go. And he's just not there yet. He might be a good NFL quarterback. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. He's got a lot to prove. And the Philadelphia defense has been playing better. They have a pretty good experienced secondary, right? And they have a very good defensive line. They don't have good linebackers. But uh, the Jets, you know, they're not running the ball that great or, or that well. And Zach Wilson's at quarterback. So it's advantage Philly in that regard. So even if Gardner Minshew, for some weird reason, actually plays, I still like this one. List. I still like this game to hold on. I like the Eagles to win. And the main reason I like the Eagles to win is guess what, guys? They're returning to the scene of the crime. Last week, they lost to the Giants at MetLife Stadium. This week, they're at MetLife Stadium playing the New York Jets. Same locker room, same field, same gray, cold, Early winter, late fall sky. They're playing the same venue, guys. You don't think that team's not going to be motivated to play? Knowing how they felt last week against a divisional divisional foe, Philadelphia's going to come ready to play this week, guys. They're going to win that game. Now to Arizona, coming off a bye week. That's a negative, right? It's a negative. And they're playing against a lesser opponent. Also a negative. But Arizona has showed up. Every single week that it was supposed to be a flat spot for them. Right? They showed up. Just a second, guys. They showed up. And I think they show up here. I do. I'm not worried about them. If Colt McCoy plays, I mean, gosh, I'm so sick. Guys, I own Kyler Murray in my fantasy I'm so sick of it, man. I'm so sick of it. I'm probably going to make the playoffs. I mean, it would take a disaster for me not to make the playoffs. So, I mean, I just want Kyler Murray healthy for the playoffs. But, my goodness, man, like how many weeks do you need, man? You keep practicing. You keep teasing us for the last 
like month and a half, you're saying, oh, I'm a game time decision. I'm a game. Man, just man, just let us know how many weeks you're out, man. Just let us know so we can plan accordingly. My, my goodness. Okay, I digress. As a Kyler Murray fancy football owner. If Cole McCoy plays, I mean, gosh, man, they're doing fine. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. They, they probably don't have Chase Edmonds still, and James Conner's doing fine, and that defense is playing really great under Vance Joseph. And, um, yeah, Chicago's just an inferior team. They just are. Allen Robinson's doubtful. Um, Akeem Hicks is out. Okay, I mean, it's just there's key players. There's fire naggy chance left and right across the entire state of Illinois. Like, there's just it's a train wreck going on in Chicago. There's a lot of outside noise. There's no outside noise. Well, I guess there's a little outside noise with Cliff Kingsbury in Oklahoma. And he kind of gave an interesting answer to that. He kind of said, um, you know, he doesn't want to touch on that right now. Like, okay, you don't want to touch on it right now? So, like, what does that mean? You're going to touch on it later after the season? Like, what what, what do you mean, Lincoln Riley? I mean, not, not Lincoln Riley, sorry, Cliff Kingsbury. What do you mean? What do you mean you don't want to touch on it? If you had no interest in it, you just say, no, I don't have any interest in it. Like, you're, are you hiding something? It's, it's, it's very, very peculiar, very interesting, especially for a team that's the number one seed in the NFC with the best record in the NFL. And you don't want to touch on it right now. Very weird. Very weird. Anyways, I like Arizona to take care of business in the Windy City. I like them just to take care of business. And that's, I mean, simple as that. I mean, I don't, I don't have anything else to say, guys. I just have a hunch. And I, and I do think Kyler Murray's going to play. I really do. I think he's finally going to play this week. Um, okay, so that's the two-team teaser. Okay, next four picks are spread picks, straight up spread picks. First play, this is such an interesting game, guys. And again, this is my strategy. I have to pick every spread that is minus three and a half and below. I have to because, look, even if I don't feel great about it, my gut has proven me right statistically that I pick these winners at like 59% of the time this year. It might even be 60% of the time this year. So my hunch, my gut hunch, statistically is profitable. So I have to play it, guys. I just have to. And this is one where, honestly, I wouldn't want to play. I wouldn't want to play. It's the Chargers at the Bengals. And I've thought about it. I didn't know at the end of the week. I mean, at the earlier in the week. And I thought about it more and more and more. And I finally have clarity on it. I'm picking the Bengals to win. Do I think they're going to win by more than three? I have no idea. But again, teams that win cover the spread 82 to 85% of the time. I think the Bengals are going to win, guys. Now, the Bengals have offensive line issues, health issues. I think their right tackle is a little banged up. And Trey Hopkins, the center, I believe, is a little banged up. Now, on the other side, does it really matter? The Chargers have Corey Linval or Linval Joseph, whatever, whatever his name is. He's out. The nose tackle. And they can't stop the run well anyways. So it might neutralize itself. Maybe the pass rush with uh, Inchina Owusu and uh, Joey Bosa against a backup. You know, Fred Thomas, I think, is the backup for the, for the Bengals. That's a little concerning. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that. But... 
I like that Asante Samuel Jr. is not playing. The rookie cornerback for the Chargers, he's not playing. And so that leaves Michael Davis, who's a pretty good cornerback, and Chris Harris Jr., who's an older, savvy cornerback, but he's lost a step. I mean, let's be honest, he has. And they have two very good safeties. But still, even with that, I like Joe Burrow. I like T. Higgins. I like Jamar Chase. I like Tyler Boyd. I like Joe Mixon running the ball. I think it's just such a huge advantage. I think it's such a huge advantage for the Bengals offense. And they're saying all the right things. And Joe Burrow is a competitor. Okay? You don't go undefeated in the SEC and run away with the national championship in the fashion that LSU did with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. You don't do it and then come to the NFL and overlook teams. Okay, can can you guys guys, this is this is the football player in me right now. Let me let me spit game to you guys. Let me give out free game right now. Okay? If you've listened this far, you're about to get a golden nugget from a football player's perspective. Guys, it takes a special football player to not overlook bad teams or to come out flat, okay, for 15 consecutive games that LSU did that, that season. And they beat bad teams, and they beat great teams, and they came out motivated. Why is that? This is the golden nugget. Teams that are able to do that do not do that because of coach-led teams. They do that by player-led teams, teams that have great player leadership. And if you've listened to the quotes coming out of Cincinnati from Joe Burrow last week and the rest of the players, they said they had bigger aspirations than beating the Steelers this season. Whoa, hey, hold on now, hold on now. That's a shot. Because the Steelers have been running that division, okay? So to say that you don't, that beating the Steelers twice doesn't mean anything to you guys, like, you know, hey, we have bigger aspirations, that means they're focused, okay? So motivationally, will the Bengals come ready to play? Yes, they will. I'm not saying that the Chargers won't. The Chargers will. But I just, with Justin Herbert, I don't know if he's the vocal leader that the Chargers need, and I don't think they have one on defense either. I don't. Th- I don't think James Derwin James is. You know, I, I think he leads with his play. You know, I, I. I. I mean, I. I don't think I know. He definitely leads with his play, but vocally, who is the vocal leader on that team? Is it Keenan Allen? Like, I mean, I don't know. And and see. We can blame the head coach, Anthony Lynn, last season. We can point fingers and all that. But who's yelling at people? Who's getting in people's faces? You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of losing. They don't have enough of it on that team. That's why their run defense is soft. It's worse than the NFL. They're soft. They don't have any vocal leader, like, pushing people around, like, why are you getting beat? What happens when this? There's not enough push. There's not enough, you know, commotion going on in there. They need that on that team. Justin Herbert's too relaxed. Now they're going to play well, and they might win the game. I'm not, you know, they might. They very well could. But I like the Bengals 
bravada. I like it a lot. And then match, you know, just the data, the statistics. The Bengals match up better than um, than the Chargers do. They're better on run defense. They're better on pass defense. They're better. Um, I don't know if they're better passing the ball. I think they are better passing the ball. And they're definitely better running the ball. So, and they're at home. And then I'm uh, minus three. Sorry, guys. I'm kind of running long on this one. I just I just got a spit game. I mean, free game on this one. Free game, guys. Bengals minus three. That's the play. A lot of people are going to be playing plus plus the three and thinking that's a, you know, a sharp money move. I'm telling you right now, I don't think it is. I think Bengals minus three is a safe play to go right there. All right, next play. I digress. Sorry, I went long on that one. Next play is a one-unit 49ers minus three at Seattle, minus 120 in Caesars. Is three and a half pretty much everywhere else. I, I mean, if you had to play three and a half, I mean, I'd probably buy back to minus three. Honestly, I I'm not a big believer in buying back half points. I'm really not. I think long term you'll lose money that way. But in this case, I just kind of have a hunch. And um, just a second, guys. Sorry, I'm enjoying a beverage while I'm doing this because I'm. It's just a lot of fun, guys. It's like my weekly release, talking to you guys and, yeah, talking football and spreads. So 49ers minus three. This is a weird one, man. This is so weird. 49ers linebacker room is just trashed right now. Fred Warner's doubtful. Um, the other starting linebacker is just out. He's not playing. I forget his name. He's a good football player, though. And then the backup linebacker is hurt, too, or he's questionable to go. So they have linebacker linebacking concerns, for sure. The 49ers do. Everybody else is healthy, pretty much, for the 49ers on defense. Now, on offense, they don't have Debo Samuel this week. And Debo Samuel's been filling in very nicely at running back. Now, is and wide receiver, obviously. I mean, he's, he's their best wide receiver and Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite target. Um, I don't know, guys. I just I have weird vibes about this. But again, my new strategy says if it's minus three and a half or less, I have to play it. And this is just more of a play against the Seahawks. And I can't believe this, guys. I really can't. You know, I saw it with my own two eyes, right? I saw it with my own two eyes. Russell Wilson is off. There's something wrong with his finger, obviously. Or his mental or everything. He's probably frustrated. He probably can't throw the ball the best he can uh, because of his finger injury. And they've just lost their mojo. And I mean... The, the loss on Monday night to Washington really was the last straw for their playoff hopes. They, they have no chance of making the playoffs. I mean, they have a chance. If they win out, they'll probably make the playoffs. But with that said, they're not going to win out. And so for all intents and purposes, they're pretty much eliminated. So this game is really just a pride thing, a divisional thing, and, and that's it. And... I think they're going to come. It's not I think. I know they're going to come ready to play because Russell Wilson's a robot. If you've watched Russell Wilson, 
he'll be down 14 points with two minutes to go in a game and no timeouts and think that he still has a chance at winning the game, and he's going to play like it. So he's going to be playing this game like he, he believes they're going to win, and the, the rest of the team will follow suit. So Seattle, Seattle will be motivated. They're going to play tough. Now, with that said, let's remember the first matchup this year, right? Let's remember it. The 49ers outplayed the Seattle Seahawks from start to finish and lost by 10 points, maybe 14 points at home. The Seahawks had no business winning that game, and they won it. There was like a, a muffed kickoff catch, and the Seahawks got the ball at like the 10-yard line or something. Like It was it's just a bizarre game, and it just fell in the Seahawks' favor. So 49ers are going to be motivated in that sense. They're going to want to beat the Seahawks. And also, the 49ers are in a playoff hunt, guys. They're in a huge playoff push. I mean, they're, they are fighting for their playoff lives right now. And they can't afford to lose a winnable game. So I think the 49ers win somehow, some way, even with the linebacker injury, cluster injury, and without Debo Samuel. Their offensive line's healthy. They're gelling perfectly right now so and the Seahawks aren't gelling perfectly so yeah I like the 49ers minus three I I don't feel crazy about it but I have to play it guys it's my new strategy and you know it's going to shake out probably very favorably for us so yeah 49ers minus three next play one unit Washington football team money line plus 105 on Caesars I should have played this earlier in the week, but I just I wanted to make sure I felt as strongly as I did about it as the week progressed. Because sometimes my mind goes back and forth, and I think about the games, and something clicks, and I'm like, "Hey, no, this isn't the, this isn't the side to be on." I like this side a lot, guys. I really do, and it goes to the identity of the team. So again, this is. I'm spitting free game again, guys. This is free game for all y'all listening out there who, who has not played football at the Division One college level or NFL level. I haven't played the NFL level, but I'm telling you, all football is the same. From, from youth league, high school, college to the NFL, I'm telling you, there are so many similarities. And I'm, and I'm, I'm going to say this right now, and I've been through a coaching change in college in the pretty much the middle, you know, the beginning of the season. And it's pretty crazy you get an interim head coach just like the Raiders have right you have an interim head coach and everybody looks at uh well, I can't even pronounce his last name Basashia everyone looks at him and knows you're not the real voice of this team so right then and there they have a, a leadership problem I'm telling you this right guys free game I'm giving you free advice that I know is accurate why because I've lived this, guys. I've lived this. My coach got basically fired for doing something he shouldn't have been doing, okay? And I had an interim coach from within, just like the Raiders. And it's very similar. The guy that took over didn't have a strong voice. He really didn't have command of the players. The players didn't really, honestly, you know, listen to him like that. And we knew that this was just a, a just a season that, hey, we're just going to go and see what happens afterwards. And as much as human nature, as much as your mind tells you you want to fight it, human nature kicks in without, strong, without a strong leadership, without a strong voice, 
and you're just kind of off. It just happens for some reason. You might rally behind that coach for one or two games or in a certain spot, but over the long haul, you're just not going to just, I don't know. It's just something's off, guys. I can't explain it more than that. Something's off, and the whole entire team can feel it, and it affects the team. This is like the fifth week, guys. This is the fifth week, okay? This isn't a nationally televised game like like Thanksgiving was, and it's just a middle-of-the-road game at home against Washington, and it's cross-conference game two. So it's not a game where you're getting entirely up for it. Yeah, the Raiders are in a playoff push. They are. They most definitely are, but so is Washington. And Washington just has a better identity. They do. They have a better voice. Ron Rivera is a steady, consistent voice. And I'm telling you, I know you're like, hey, Eric, makes no sense, man. Like, this is football. They're going to be motivated. They're going to pay millions of dollars. I know. I know, guys. Trust me. I know. It makes no sense. You would think you're going to pay millions of dollars. They're going to come out motivated. And, and also, I'm telling you, these guys don't, though. They don't come out motivated. And a team that is more consistent with a strong leader, and guys, this is just in life in general. You have strong leadership within any business, corporation, organization, team, etc. You're going to have a better outcome, better production. You're just going to better leadership leads to better production. It does. It's a fact. Washington has better leadership, and that's why I'm taking them in this game. <clears throat> um, statistically, you know, it's it's you know, it's, it's not it's kind of a wash a little bit. Uh, I mean, it's huge if Darren Waller doesn't play. It's definitely a big advantage for Washington. Um, you know, the Raiders don't have a good run defense. Washington's really been moving the ball and not turning it over and playing smart on offense. So that you know vibes well. It's I mean, this is a sharp money play, guys. A lot, a lot of sharp people are on Washington this week. And I like Washington to win. I just have a really good hunch about that. So plus money, plus 105. Washington on the money line. They can keep the points. That's one unit. Okay, last play of the week so far. Again, you want the rest of my plays? Because I will be releasing plays this week. I'm going to take a look at the player props tonight. And I'll probably have a parlay or two. And... One more spread play for sure. I'll touch on that after this last play. Uh, follow me on Twitter at FreeNFLBet. Sorry, that's what I was saying. Okay, last play that I have so far up on Twitter is the Bills minus 2.5, minus 112 on FanDuel. Just a second, guys. Okay, so the Bills minus 2.5. Sharp money came on strong for the Patriots, plus three and a half, down to plus three, down to minus two. A little bit of buyback on the Bills at minus two and a half. And a little bit on the uh, buyback. Some books, they have it back to minus three on the Bills. I like the Bills. I'm going to go against the sharp money on this one, guys. I like the Bills at home. I know that the Patriots have a bye week next week, and that's a big plus. That's a big bet on spot. NFL teams and they have the bye the following week. They play motivated. They know they don't have practice the next week and they're ready to go. 
They're going to give it their all. But so are the Bills. At home. It's a home game. Monday Night Football. Against their arch nemesis, maybe, I guess. Maybe currently in the last two years, three years. The Bills are going to be motivated, guys. They're going to be very motivated. I know Tredavious White's not playing, but it's not like the Patriots' MO is throw it to wide receivers. And to Ron Johnson, they gave him a contract ex- extension, the cornerback for the Bills, and they have uh, Levi Wallace, Micah Hyde, and Jordan Poyer. They have a good secondary still. It's not an alarm. The Tredavious White injury definitely hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. But... It's not the end of the world for the Bills this season. It's just not. They still have everything out in front of them. They're still a very good defensive unit. They'll be fine. And they'll be fine in this game. I like the Bills. I just do. I, I think I think they want this game more than the Patriots do. Or I think they want this game more and understand what it takes to win more than the Patriots do with Mac Jones. And I know Mac Jones played Alabama. I know he knows how to play in big games. I know. I know. But this is the NFL. And if you don't know me, if you you haven't heard me say that yet, that's my favorite saying, guys. Man, this is the NFL. (laughs) I mean, guys, this isn't college. This isn't high school. This isn't peewee football. This is the NFL. Guys, this is where teams are down by 20 points in the fourth quarter. And they're, and that offense, and the team goes out there thinking they still have a shot to win. They're down 28 points, and they still think they have a shot to win. They're, I mean, they, you, have the, you have the ones going out. You have the first stringers going out with three minutes left, down 20 points. And you have the first string players in the game still. This is the NFL, baby. So let me put that in, into perspective. This is a grown man's game. There's a bunch of little boys in college. No, there's little boys in the NFL, but there's not many. And the Bills want this game bad. Badly. I know they want it badly. They want it more than the Patriots. And I love taking the more desperate team. And surprisingly, the Bills are the more desperate team. They've had letdowns this year. They've lost to the Steelers. They've lost to the Jaguars. They lost to the Titans. And guys, don't give me that Titans are good. Titans aren't good, guys. The Titans aren't good. I don't even care. If, I don't even care if they had A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry. They're not good. Buffalo choked that game. Okay, they've had their letdown spots. Buffalo is going to come ready to play this week. Guys, I got a strong feeling on that one. I like the Bills to win that. Minus two and a half. Put that bet in. Take it to the bank. Okay, so those are all seven of my official plays for the week so far. It's 47 minutes on the dot that I've uh, had the podcast going. So let me just touch on a couple more things, and I'm done. Thank you guys for listening. If if you've listened this long, guys, if you've listened this long, number one, you're amazing. Number two, tell a friend because we're going to be making some money. I'm giving out this stuff for free, man. I'm giving this stuff out for free. This free money right here, baby. If anything, just play my two unit plays. You're going to be making some money. Okay. The last play I'm eyeing is the Pittsburgh Steelers plus the points. That's the last play that I'm eyeing. Now, I didn't touch on Miami and New York. 
It's up to minus six and a half. I kind of like the Giants in that spot, plus the points, but I can't pull the trigger there. I just can't. And I definitely can't lay minus six with Miami, not with that low of a total number at 39. I just, I, I like Miami to win. I think they're going to win. Maybe I put them in a teaser. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I, I, I'm going to leave that one alone. The only game I haven't touched on is Pittsburgh-Baltimore. I'm waiting for that line to inflate. I think it could get up to minus six, potentially. I think the money could flood in on that. I think it's just the rally game for Pittsburgh. I just think it's a Pittsburgh spot. And I know I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and it clouds my judgment a lot of times in in these situations, but that's going to be a play for me, guys. That's going to be an official play for me on Twitter. It's either going to be, the worst case, it's going to be plus four and a half. If if there's huge sharp money that buys it back to plus three and a half, I mean, that's fine. I'll take plus three and a half, whatever. It's not that big of a difference. Um, So that's the last play that I'm eyeing on the week. And that's pretty much it, guys. Um, again, I'm going to go through some player props tonight. So follow me on Twitter at FreeNFLBets. I might release some player props. And I will definitely release some parlays. That's my old strategy, doing three-leg parlays with a lot of points. I like a lot of totals this week, um, namely going under the total. So, again, follow me on Twitter at FreeNFLBets. And I will let you know what I bet there. So that's all I have for the week, guys. I Man, I like the card I have already. I, it's going to be a profitable week. I really do. I, I believe it in my heart. So thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week, guys. That's all I got. Peace.